Okay, hang in there. We're gonna see how good you are. We got some fun for you. See how good you are. How'd you do? All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. All right, everyone, let's stand up. We're just going to worship the Lord today and just celebrate the Lord's birth. <laughs> Said the night wind to the little lamb. 
Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. Yeah.
It's one of my favorite of all times. Good old Charles Wesley. Uh, hark the Herald Angels Sing. good to not think about the stuff you have to do for Christmas, but just to celebrate the Lord and the reason why um, we celebrate this holiday in the first place. So let's just uh, worship him, um, continue to worship him today in this, in this evening, and, and just uh, for who he is, for just the majesty that Jesus has.
Let's pray. Lord God, we just come here tonight. We just give you praise that we are celebrating not just that you were born in Bethlehem so long ago and that, that changed the world forever, but Lord, that you were born to save us. Um, just as that last song said, you were born to su suffer and born to save. We give you praise for who you are. As God, we set everything else aside right now and just focus on you. We just ask that your Holy Spirit just meet us here as it did in that, uh, that, that uh, cave, that manger in Bethlehem where you came into the world and became God with us, Emmanuel. We give you praise for who you are in Christ's mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, this, uh, we're going to, um, tonight we have uh, a series. We're going to hear, go through some of the, uh, the scripture lessons and we're gonna, from the scripture and we're, um, about Christmas. And so we're going to have a couple people read. And so our first uh, reading tonight is from Isaiah chapter 9, um, verses 6 through 7. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. With justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And you can remain seated. Um, we're going to we're just be singing several songs um, with scripture, and, but we ask you to just continue to worship. And if you want to stand, you're more than welcome to. Um, you, there is no conga line today, so um, yeah, watch, watch that. So. All right, let's, let's go.
every year. We start about uh, four or five weeks ago, lighting candles each for each week. And today um, we, we arrive where we light the Christ candle. And so that's what we're going to do right now. So if you'll watch this video as we light the Christ candle. Before we light, oh, before we light the Christ candle. Jack. Hey. This isn't on my schedule. It wasn't on anybody's schedule. Because you bring the light of Jesus Christ to us through your messages and all you do through the year and the support of your family for this church and this congregation, just a token of our appreciation. Thank you. And I love you, brother. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Um. This next song is one of my favorite um, of all the Christmas season. Back in 1996, I had the opportunity to go to Israel, and um, we're in an area called the Shepherd's Field, which is where the shepherds have been from the time of David and even before. And um, on that night, we had a lady with us um, who was a professional southern gospel singer. And in the sky, um, it might have been a satellite to you, but it was one star to me. And the sky looked amazing. And in the shepherd's field, she began to sing this song called Old Holy Night. So sing it with us.
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his, bet his betrothed, who is with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and, they, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went, they in, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told to them.
time we have the kids come forward <laughs> so if the kids can just come on and gather around the front down here yeah just right up there Good? What? What's in the box? You don't want to know what's in here, do you? Do you guys like you like you guys like getting stuff in a box? All right. Woo. We we hand them in from last year because um so you guys are ready for Christmas? Who's been good? Who's lying in the church? All right, okay, just checking. All right. So so um I, I have something really cool here. Who wants to know what's in the box? Me. All right, I got some stuff in here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let me see, I'm going to bring this over here to help me a little bit, because I've got, there's, there's something I like. I like manger scenes. Anybody like manger scenes? Yeah. And I've got a manger scene. It's, it's awesome here. Ready? We're going to pull this box out. We're going to put it here, and let's see. Oh, look, here it is right here. We got, let me see, right here. There we go, right there. Does that look good? Yeah. Who's that? A chorus. Okay. Uh, does it look? Does it look bad? Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. All right. Let's see. So, so, um, hmm. I've got so much stuff in here because it is Christmas, and so um, let's let's. What is this? 
Uh, so I got an angel. Let's let's put the angel. Let's put the angel in here somewhere. Oh, look, and we got that too. We got a little manger there. Let's put the angel back here. That sounds good. Um, let's see. Uh, um, let's see what, what what's this? It's a duck. Where'd you go to school? Uh, okay. All right. What is it? Okay. All right. Weirdest duck I've ever seen, but we'll put the duck there. All right. Okay, what is it? It's a, like a, a boar cow. Okay, there we go. That's good. All right, so let, let me see. What else do you think? Um, I know. What about this? What's that? What is it? A shepherd. Thank you. Somebody's got some sense up here. All right. Shepherd. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, look, I found it. Is that a shepherd too? So we got two shepherds. So we got angels and shepherds. And a duck bowl. Yeah, there we go. All right. Let's see what else we need here. Um, I know. Um, let's see. What what else goes in a manger scene? Like sheep. A baby. Sheep? Uh, okay. Let me see. Um, oh, wait. Here we go. A donkey? All right. All right. Okay. Let's see. Um, you can see I've learned to ignore her in a year. All right. Here we go. Who's this? Mary, what's she in there for? Oh, Mary and who? Mary and Joseph. So let me see if I have a, uh, let me see who I have in here. I've got, let me see, uh, Mary and, um, let's see, here we go, Mary and Joseph. What? Mary and Superman. Isn't that how it goes? No. Well, what? Huh, let me see. Um, Mary. Okay, so you, so Superman doesn't belong in the manger scene. No. Superman belongs everywhere. Just to let you know. All right. So. All right. Okay. So. All right. So I'll put I'll put Superman back in here. Let me see what I got in here. Um, oh. Oh wait. No wait. Here we go. Here we go. Mary and Stretch Armstrong. How about that? Like that? What do you think? Yeah, Stretch is a little, like, crusty here. He's a little old, all right? There we go. Mary and Stretch Armstrong. No? Who? Uh, Stretch knocked over the donkey. All right, so so not Stretch Armstrong? Oh, Joseph. Is this Joseph? Okay, all right, let's put Joseph in there. All right. There we go, Joseph. Joseph was an old man, okay? Uh, my age, he's a young guy. All right, here we go. What else do we need here? Um, I know. Christmas is all about this. There we go. Baby cupcake. Why not? Okay, so we got baby cupcake and and this wise, wise man? I got, look, I got wise man. Hold on, don't get that excited, okay? Uh, here's another one. I got three wise men. No cupcake? Baby Superman. Oh, baby penguin. What? You said baby penguin. How many think baby penguin's right? Okay, right. okay, so not here. Let me see. Um, oh, baby trees. 
Uh, that's not right. That, that, no. All right, no, no tree. Baby SpongeBob's house. We think. Am I getting it right? All right. You guys are, I, I can't understand you guys. You know what? I found out how Mary and Joseph got here in the first place. They rode with Santa and. That's a, that's a lot quicker ride. So this doesn't work in here. Why not? Anybody think this is right? Is this right? I got it. I got it. They took the Polar Express. What? The Polar Express doesn't fit here? So it's not, you sure it's not baby cupcake? Not Polar Express. I still think it's Superman. Oh, baby Superman's hair. So what, 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 you know, you don't think any of those guys fit in there, right? None of them fit? Why not? I need baby what? I can't hear you. Okay, there we go. All right. All right, I, I can't hear it all now. All right, baby Jesus. Let me see if I have a baby Jesus. So you're saying nothing else that I have in this box. Wait, you said Jesus. There we go. It's Jesus. No, baby Jesus. Baby. See, like, see, what does it say right there? What does it say? Jesus. I told you. All right, all right, no, okay. Grinch? No! Santa with his feet on backwards? All right, so, so if I, everything that I have in this box, nothing in this box takes, fits right. How about this? No! No! An Eagles player. No! 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 Okay. All right. All right. They, I, they, they give Dallas a gift this year yes. for Christmas? Okay, so they gave Dallas a gift for Christmas. All right. What is this? You, you sure this is right? Okay, so is that where he goes? All right, now I got a question. How come you guys thought, told me that that's the only thing that fits there? How, you guys like the Grinch, don't you? No. You like, you like grown-up Jesus? Everybody's got to like Superman. No. How come none of those fit? Oh, so you mean Jesus is the only one who fits right, right? Yeah. How, how about that? Have you ever felt, so you guys saw how this di didn't fit right with anything else but Jesus there? Yeah. And that's really what life is all about. A lot of people try to put a lot of other things in there except for Jesus. And he's the only p person that fits. You know, I had a time in my life, you ever felt like something doesn't fit right? Like it doesn't look right? Like you guys told me right there. I want to show you a video. You know, a lot of people call it a misfit. Somebody's going after it, ain't she? All right. So I want to show you. I want to show you a video. Did you know? And I mean, you like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Did you know that I was in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No. And I just didn't fit, so they cut me out. And I'm going to show you proof right here. Ready? Oh, is this your snowbank? No, it's my snowbank. Hi, Rudolph. Who are you? Well, actually, I am a dentist. I want to be a preacher. 
you know, like a minister. He wants to be a dentist, you want to be a glowing reindeer. Right now, I'm just an elf. But I don't need anybody. I'm... I'm independent. Me too! Let's be independent together! You wouldn't mind my red nose? Do any of you mind me being a preacher? This, this. I'm not just a preacher, I am gonna got creatures. I don't know what's with misfit, I really don't fit in. Me, that's who, me. What do you guys think? Don't you think Rudolph would have been better with me in it? Yes. What do you guys think? I really didn't fit in, did I? Yes, you did. Oh, I did. That's scary. So, hey, so here's what I want you guys to think about, okay? You guys, just like you were saying up here, you saw everything else, and all these people had a special, special uh, a task, a special thing. The angels came and announced uh, that Jesus was coming. They told the shepherds. The shepherds came, and then they, after they left, and they saw Jesus, they went and told everybody about, about him and what the angels had said. And then the wise men came from a long, long journey. And Mary and Joseph, we know about them. And then it's still all empty if you don't have Jesus in the midst of it. So think about that and remember that. In every part, not just Christmas, but every part of your life, you know, you see a lot of people say Jesus is the reason for the season. And he is because that's, we're celebrating his birthday. But the more important thing is not to just only keep Jesus in Christmas, but to take him every day, everywhere we go. And that's the greatest gift that God gave us, Jesus. All right? All right. So uh, do you think I should, I should try again and get in Rudolph, the next Rudolph? Yeah. All right, guys. So have a Merry Christmas. We're going to send you all back, and, um, and we're going to continue on with the service. And Merry Christmas, everybody. This time we're going to have our reading from Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. One of the um, one of the great things in uh, this this evening is that we celebrate communion, and um, and with that. Uh, it just gives us time to, to think about what Jesus did for us. Um, in communion, it's a recognition of several things. It's what Christ, uh, what Christ has done for us, what he's doing for us, and what he will do for us. And communion, yes, celebrates when um, Jesus was giving his life up for us on the night of that Seder meal. He met with something that had been tradition from the times of Moses. And he said... Blessed are you, Lord God, creator, sovereign of the universe, that gives us grain from the field that we may have bread to eat. And in keeping in tradition with the liturgy from all those years, he took bread, and after he gave thanks, as I just said, he broke it. And in the Seder meal, it probably would have been more like a matzah, like a big cracker, um, unleavened bread, and they, but they would have passed it around to his disciples, and they would have known this liturgy. But as they were passing around, Jesus said to them, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this remember to me. What's really awesome is that um, Bethlehem, or as they say in Israel, Bethlehem, Beth or Beit means house of. Lachem, everybody say Lachem. And, get, and don't worry if you spit on the person next in front of you, say it's Hebrew. Lachem, it means house of bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Those who come to me never will go hungry. The last several weeks, last seven weeks, we've been going through a series on the names of God from the Old Testament. And how it all comes together, we shared this last week in Emmanuel, God with us. That God, that God became flesh and came down here with us to be with us. So no matter what we're going through, he is with us. He's there to encourage us. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And he makes that happen in our lives. Likewise, after the supper was over, there was lots of cups with the Seder meal. And he once again gave thanks to God. Blessed are you, Lord God, creator, ruler, sovereign of the universe, that has fruit of the vine that gives us drink. And once again, he began to pass that around to his disciples. Scripture tells us that it was when the supper was over. So many scholars believe that the cup at this time would have been the cup of redemption. And if you've ever had a coupon, anybody ever had a, had a coupon where it says redeem for, redeem for 50 cents, redeem for whatever, or you have a voucher that says redeem, the power is in that redemption and who's providing that. Jesus was giving us a pass. He was making right everything that we had done wrong from the history of the world when we let sin enter and we just gear it off. And so what he said, in the part where he broke the bread, and I say this every time we do communion here, in the uh, Jewish tradition, that would have been called the Afrokomen. And that means it, it would be broken, and they would hide a piece of it, and the youngest kids, would, the youngest one would go look for it. And it was kind of a game in the midst of that. And it was called the Afrokomen, and it means I have come. And then he takes the cup of redemption and says, I have come to redeem you. In other words, what Jesus is saying is because of everything, all the junk in life, we've been separated from God. 
but what he wants to do and what his whole desire was, was to be born for one purpose, to come, to die on a cross, to redeem you. What does that mean? To take his life as payment for yours. We all deserve the worst. We all deserve uh, eternal damnation in hell. We all deserve that. But God loves us so much that he sent his son into the world to redeem us and to save us from that. And so, Lord, and remember these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and hallelujah, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed and set apart by his precious blood. With your Holy Spirit, Lord, empower your holy church. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We have several different um, opportunities and methods here today. And um, in keeping, uh, keeping with everything that's going on in the world, we have, um, we have the regular communion here. And they will, they will we'll have somebody who will give you a piece of bread and you take it if you want to do it that way. And you can um, intinct it in, dunk it in. But we also want to be cognizant. There are some other people who have... Um, who uh, are gluten-free, we have that here. But more importantly, we recognize over the last couple of years, life has been absolutely insane. And we also know that there are people who are sick and people who are still dealing with lots of illness and other things now. We also have these. And they, um, the, the test, if you're holy enough, you can separate the wafer from the top, uh, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> so if not, uh, you know, just don't let people see you. Just chew on it or whatever, you know. Um, but... Um, you can have this, and it's, it's been sealed, prepackaged. We want you to celebrate communion. It doesn't matter what's here. What's important is that he's here. And that's, he came to us to save us. And so we're going to have three stations set up in, um, in the middle. And uh, so what we're asked is people on this side to come from the back down here this way after we get um, our servers ready. And they're going to come over in a second. And after, and then you come down that side, you can, uh, that aisle over there and, and come down this way and return and that way. So you'll be, this one coming this way and this one will be returning that way. And then over there, you can go down um, the far aisle and return in the middle or come down the middle aisle and go around the side. But bottom line is, if you want this, you'll figure it out. Um, but um, if you want these, feel free to come on over here or to raise your hand. If you can't, you, you, you don't feel like you, you're ready to get up and move or whatever, just kind of raise your hand. Somebody in the back will be saying, and they'll make sure that we get somebody. We'll bring it to you whenever we want. This is not about us. This is not about denominations. Um, we, I would say we are, um, we're not a non-denomination. We're multi-denominations because we're the body of Christ. And this is open for people who love the Lord. We got to deal with Jesus somehow, either now or later. So, um, so we got to say, how, do you love God? Do you have people in, um, in your life? Do you want to repent of your sin? That's the second one. Do you, we all have stuff that we miss, all right? So if you, if you ever say you don't want to join a church because then there'll be a, a, a bunch of sinners there, well, there already are. We're all here and one preaches here every week, all right? Because all have sinned and fall short of what God intended for us. And so I, I just have been able to receive the redemption that Jesus has given me, and that's the only reason why I make it. So we want you to receive that. So if you uh, love the Lord, if you want to repent of that bad stuff in your life, and then here's the big one. 
How many of us have people in our life that we don't get along with very well? Some of them may be coming to your house tomorrow, all right? Um, some of them may live in your house all the time. Um, but either way, just give it to God. You may have forgiven them all you can, but just give it to God and let him take it. So I ask the servers to come forward, if they will. It's not a time to, to tell people Merry Christmas. It's not a time to say, hey, good seeing you. It's a time for you to just focus on Jesus. The fact that he came to earth because he loves you and he wanted to redeem you. So please come. The table of the Lord is open. I guess walk in front of you.
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word to, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going to, into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. 
Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. By Christmas Eve, 1914, the First World War had raged across Europe for nearly five months. The grim reality of a hard war began to set in. Both sides began carving out trenches across the eastern and western fronts. They prepared for a war that had no end in sight. The western front extended for hundreds of miles through France and Belgium, protecting the heart of France from an invading German-led army. Life in the trenches was bleak. Soldiers on both sides were at the mercy of a bitter European winter. Supplies and morale were dwindling. There was insufficient medical care, and the enemy trenches were often only a hundred feet from their own fortified positions. The distance between the opposing trenches, referred to as no man's land, was littered with the bodies of the deceased from both sides. To step into this space meant to step in to nearly certain death. It was against this backdrop that on a moonlit night and a frost-covered ground, the unexpected occurred. It was something that defied the cold realities of war and would have a lasting impact on all those involved and even beyond. heard about this. I, I, how many of you like history? You're probably under 50 if you do, because a lot of people don't. Um, but um, I always liked history. Uh, I love uh, watching it. And one of the things I've been fascinated about is um, World War One. And um, World War One got kicked off um, by, because of something happened to this guy right here. Um, this is a colorized version of him. Um, many people may not know him. Um, many people may have to struggle back to history class, but he was an archduke, and his name was Franz Ferdinand. Anybody ever heard of him or remember him? And he was assassinated, and uh, you can see from this newspaper here, he and his wife were killed. There were several failed ones. He was um, next to be in line as, a, as the ruler of uh, um, of the uh, Austria-Hungary area, and he was, he was killed and uh, murdered, and then it set off a chain of events. What began there is Austria declared war on Serbia because the person that killed him was a Serbian national. Um, Russia immediately declared war on Austria. Germany then declared war on Russia, and Austria, um, I mean, then France declared war on Germany, and Germany declared war on Belgium, and Great Britain declared war on Germany. Now, I'm sure the guy, I don't want to make, uh, you know, bring his, his life down, but was it worth a world war? Um, he basically ended up, his, his assassination triggered a chain of hatred toward individuals in, in this world that brought to the deaths of 20 million people. And one of the main reasons why this, these deaths were so severe at this time is because they did what was called trench warfare. And here's some pictures of, of trench warfare up here. You can see it's exactly what you said. You would dig a hole, a big trench, 
and you would be down in there and you would shoot and the job was that you would they were in a trench you were in a trench you lived in a trench you can see somebody sleeping in a, in a trench there um back there you can see him in the other one too there's another one you can see this next picture here that um you, you just had they this was where they were and it was filled with water and it was dysentery and and back then they didn't understand like they didn't have uh, under armor um what they did have was wool and you can imagine what that was um just weighing you down and just it created all kinds of disease and and what was interesting about this trench warfare is after years of a world war not not many sides even gained a little bit in this trench warfare they might gain one and then go back but the fighting was fierce and there was tremendous hatred back and forth for these individuals and as that video alluded to there was one christmas um, that there was a pope who said, hey, the world should go ahead and just have a ceasefire. And um, some agreed and some didn't. And so this was happening. They were still fighting. And one night, uh, it was Christmas Eve, going into Christmas, and um, there was primarily German troops and those from Great Britain. They had been battling for months and months and months and years, back and forth, back and forth through these trenches, just, just people dying right and left. And they began to have a ceasefire. And this began, uh, you can see that this is a, a, an artist's rendition, the first one is. And they came out. It started by them singing a song called Silent Night. And they decided to go ahead and they began to eat with one another. They began to shake hands. They began to celebrate Christmas because all the things that were different about them, all the hatred that they had, they found the commonality as they began to yell across and wish each other Merry Christmas from across that. And they came out in the midst of, uh, from their trenches, came out into the middle and began to talk. And they did several things um, as they did this. And they not only ate together, um, you can see another picture here of them. Here they go, They're, that's uh, mixed troops there. People have been shooting and trying to kill each other for so long. And then you have others, they shared cigarettes back in the day. They even played soccer, you can see, or as they called football, over there. And people talked about the power of peace in, in wartime. And so they put all those things aside and people that they had this hatred for them, that they never saw or never knew. They just knew that was evil, evil. And they were evil to the others. And it just went and went and went and caused a world war where 20 million people died in our world, went back and forth, back and forth. But they found the commonality that they had and that they were Christians and they came together on Christmas in honor of their love for the Lord. Now, what's interesting about that, obviously Christmas didn't last very long. So when that went back, they went back to their, to their trenches and their commanders had a problem. They wouldn't pull the trigger anymore. They wouldn't shoot and kill the people they hated just two days previous because they got a chance to not look at the differences, to not focus on them being evil and them being the source of everything else that's a problem for them in life. They focused on the commonality that they had in Christ Jesus. And now they knew a person was there who loved to eat. Some loved a cigarette here and there. They loved to play football or soccer. They had families. They lived and breathed. They had jobs before they got sucked into this whole thing. And it got so bad that the commanders had to actually move them to different fronts because they refused to kill each other because they now had a love for someone who before they hated. This became known as the Christmas truce of 1914 and changed them once and for all and changed 
the world. As a matter of fact, it changed so much that now in warfare, they have rules about fraternizing with the enemy. Because you can't have people kill people if you know them and hear about their families and care about them and realize they're not much different than you, regardless of their ideology or regardless of what's going on in their lives. So in thinking about this and and seeing this and looking at our world today, where there are so many people who are just entrenched in something, they're entrenched in an ideology, They're entrenched in a hatred for somebody else just because somebody says they could or because they were brought up that way or or because they're just angry or because people want to blame somebody for something. Because we live in a point now that now because you have gotten to a a different position than me and you're more public, then I want to take you out because I want you to feel the pain without even knowing who each individual is. If you don't believe me, go turn on social media. Look at one of the uh, local sites here, and you'll find it. And you can just say Merry Christmas, and somebody will bite your head off, right? Because we've stopped recognizing one another as children of the living God and a commonality in Christ. Because the Scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So how do we have the Christmas truce of 2022? Well, a truce is something that's interesting. A truce is a suspension of the fight. There have been people fighting so long, they don't even know what they've been fighting about. I've done funerals before where I've had to meet in a church because the different people in the family who loved the individual hated each other. And I was meeting on holy ground in case there was something that needed to be done. All right? That's where we live in our world today. We only have one life that God has given us. And we need to, we need to have a love for one another. So how do you have a truce? Number one, somebody has to take the first step. That's always the bad part, right? I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And sometimes we're we're so right, we're wrong. You know, there's a story about uh, a husband and wife who got into a really bad fight, and they decided to give each other the silent treatment. Now, I know none of you do that. But the silent treatment. And, you know, you can't say a word because the person who speaks first loses. So, so they were, but the, the husband had to get up really early in the morning the next day, and they weren't talking, and they weren't going to lose. So he wrote on a note card and put it on her bed, on her, her pillow, said, I have a flight to catch. Please make sure that I'm up at 5 a.m. And he went to sleep, and he woke up at 9 a.m., and he was furious. Just, you know, he wanted, he wanted to yell, but... He wasn't going to lose, but he's so mad. And he got up and he looked, and right there on his night table, there was a note card, and it said, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> We're going to lose, aren't we, fellas, right? You know, we're going to lose. And, and that's what happens. Sometimes we just are in, we're just beating each other so, up so much rather than just getting past it and moving on to something different. The next thing is we need to be willing to drop our weapons. We need to realize that nobody is completely right. No one is completely right. That we can all learn from each other. And one of the things that disturbs me is we've reached a point in our society where we stop to listen to each other. That we reach a point that when, that if you think differently or you act differently, that you have to be my enemy. Rather than we can talk and learn from each other and still love each other because Christ first loved us. We need to do as they did. We need to focus on what unites us, not divides us. 
What divides us never, never, ever wins. Like, I've been a part of a lot of teams over my life, and I never say, hey, we got a really good quarterback, but this line really stinks, so we're done. So, you know, just, just pack it in. No, you encourage them, and you use the strengths that they have together in order to go ahead and win the battle together. And then after you're done all that, leave changed. Don't go back to where it was. Because if you go by the world's nature, the world wants resolution. And that's how wars are decided. When somebody gives up, it's, it's resolved, and they go through a list of things that are wrong and that you did wrong. And I win. There's a winner and a loser when it comes to resolution. What Christ calls us to do is not resolution to be right or wrong, but to reconciliation. And what does it mean to reconcile? To bring back together, bringing the balance to zero. Some of you don't remember checkbooks, little paper things. You guys know what paper is. It was made from a tree. You know, this, um, but, but some people love to reconcile checkbooks, love to make sure, and you love to make sure that it all equals out. And if it's not, how many of those people, if it doesn't reconcile, you will drive yourself crazy for two cents? Anybody? There you go. How many of you are like, eh, it's two cents. I'll pick it up later. And then when it's 500, you're like, eh, I don't know. You know, but, but there's a joy in that. And now those of you who really like to do that, if you have Quicken now, it like celebrates you and goes, woo, and there's these little, little balloons up in the air. You go, yay, I'm awesome, all right? So we have that. It means that you get that even. You, you, you start from scratch. You, get, you zero it out. And this is what Christ calls us to do. Look at what it says here in Ephesians chapter 2. It tells us this. For Christ himself has brought us peace. He has united Jews and Gentiles into one people, people who are so against each other, brought them into one people. And here's where he took the first step, in his own body on the cross. He took that first step. And he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And what did he do? He made peace between the Jews and Gentiles. Fill in whatever you want. He made peace between the Republicans and the Democrats in Washington. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can do that. But he made peace between them by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ did what? He reconciled. He zeroed it out. He reconciled it by the means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. Don't you just wish that people would see Jesus and just put their hostility to death, not each other? And that we could really have peace on earth as he promised. Because through Jesus, God brings our balance to zero. And in 2 Corinthians, it, it tells us what Jesus does. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. Why did he do that? Why did Jesus say, why did God say, hey, I want to reconcile you to myself. I want to zero it out to Jesus. And, he, and it's because of this, because he in turn gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So it's a two-edged sword that we, that God loves us so much that he reconciles us through Jesus. He zeroes out our account. But then he wants us to turn and do that to others. He wants us to say, you know what? I know you wronged me. There might be people in your life you haven't talked to for years. If they passed away tonight, would you be okay with not reconciling that and never being able to do that again? I've experienced so much loss over the last several years. I'm so glad that the people that have passed away in my life, I was good terms with them because I still miss them and I still grieve over them not being here with me. But I, I would not want anybody to leave this room tonight and not recognize that God reconciled you and he just wants you to make it right with somebody else. 
God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. And he has given us the ministry and the message of reconciliation. When we are reconciled to God, he gives us the power to reconcile with others. Because there's some people it's tough to reconcile with. Am I right? That doesn't mean you have to go and say, hey, let's spend every day together and go on vacation. Don't do that. You'll be back in the trenches, right? You know what I mean? But just release yourself from it. Release yourself from it. That's why in Luke, as was just read to us, when the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of a great joy, which is for how many? All people. Today in the town of David has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host, that means the whole sky went, boom. And they started praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and in heaven and earth and on earth. Peace to on whom those whose favor rest. How do you get the favor of God? You love the Lord Jesus Christ. You accept his reconciliation. And then you go reconcile yourself with others. And then you have the favor of God. You have the favor of God on your life time and time again. That's what enabled Charles Wesley. We sang it tonight. To be able to pen these words. To sing this. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners are what? Reconciled. Be reconciled to him. And reconcile the things in your life. This stuff out here is not worth all the energy we put to it. Let's take that energy and let's put it to praising him. Our worship team is coming up now. It's that time. I hope everybody has a candle on them. If not, raise your hand or there might be one on the seat next to you. And um, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play on this one. I miss the days with, uh, with the real candles, <laughs> um, but I don't miss the putting out fires. Um, I do know years ago, when, back in the 80s, ladies, remember the, those of you in the 80s, remember hairspray? Aquanet? I knew somebody on a Christmas Eve whose hair went, okay? Um, so, um, but we're going to sing this song that uh, was written many, many years ago. It was supposed to be played on an organ, and what happened was in the middle of that day, um, they went to check, and the bellows in the organ were broken, and so they took a guitar. The first time this song was ever played, they didn't know it was going to be a worldwide song that people were going to sing forever and ever. And you know what's funny about it is, I don't think it was really a silent night. I don't think that it was... Yeah, I'm not sure that, you know, like the sheep stopped bad. I'm, I'm sure the cow didn't stop mooing. There's a lot of people in town because they didn't have a room. I'm sure there's a lot of hustle and bustle. I'm sure there was, a, you know, anybody been, have a barn or been near a barn? It's not very quiet there. But what was still is that here was this battle that had gone on from the Garden of Eden when sin entered the world and we were doomed. God's son entered the world, Emmanuel, God with us. And he took that step in the middle of the field and reconciled what came to reconcile the world to himself to bring peace on earth. So all that, that confusion stopped in that night when the shepherds saw him and heard the angels praising him. And they said, 
They went and told everybody. I think it's interesting. They went and woke everybody up and told them, how many of us had that passion for Christ? And so as the song began, silent night, holy night, my prayer is that if you're reconciled to God, that the stillness is not out here, but it's inside you. That you have a silence in your spirit because you know that you have Emmanuel with you. God with us through all circumstances. Some of us are really glad 2022 is ending, but I'm going to ruin your Christmas. 23 is going to have a lot of the same mess and more. But we have Emmanuel. We have God with us, reconciling us and loving us in the world. So join us now as we sing Silent Night.
of you will hold those up again and you'll look. Just imagine a world that surrounds you, that people are just holding up the light of life and they're just trying to make it with it all so different and yet they're just people, people that Jesus loves. And you may be the only person who can ever share your light, the light of Jesus Christ with them. As you go through the rest of this Christmas and New Year, may everybody you look at, you recognize as someone who Jesus loves and died for, and he wants to reconcile to himself that you may be that testimony to Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, everybody, here we go. I ran, ran as fast as I can. I'm the gingerbread man. And I am looking for someone. Hmm. It, it's, it's Christmas, right? I am looking for somebody. And I think, I think maybe if I play some music, we might be able to see who that is. Hmm. Could we get some music? What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. We're going to have to sing a little bit, and I bet you somebody might come in. What do you think? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town.
So you know what it means now? I'm the gingerbread man. I got to get running. Because I run, run as fast as I can, which at this age ain't that fast anymore. But to let you know, you guys got to get home. You got to get in bed because Santa Claus is coming down. And all that stuff we sang about. But most of all, everybody have a very Merry Christmas and recognize it's Jesus' birthday. Let's all tell him a happy birthday. Happy birthday. God bless. Merry Christmas. See you all. Have a good day. <laughs>